Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I am joined today by Cynthia McGee. She's an extraordinaire, and she is an adoptee, and she has done some amazing things as a foster care community. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I first, I literally was reading Magnolia Journal a few weeks ago, and I saw you in there. It featured, and I was like, going to reach out to her. Because I loved the story. And what I saw was just that you yourself were an adoptee, you and your husband had done foster care for a long time. And you really have this heart and this passion to, in some way, shape or form, be doing something for this community of of kiddos and care. So can you tell us just a little bit about and, and what you're... Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, was adopted and um, just kind of it, within my heart, always had a desire to help other children in similar situation. I was blessed to be adopted into a wonderful family that, you know, guided me through education and spiritual things and just, you know, was just, I feel very blessed and lucky overall. And then we were in ministry for a really long time with uh, children. I was a children's pastor. I worked in a, a Christian school. So we had our hand, bus ministry where we did inner city youth and inner city children and rubbed shoulders with a lot of children that were in foster care from that point of view. Also, uh, children who had been removed by you know CPS and things of that nature. So we felt about 10 years ago that we were supposed to get outside the walls of the church and kind of move into a new ministry. So basically what we did is we went and when, uh, to Georgia, this is where we felt like we were supposed to go. We learned about an amazing organization there. And then once I learned what they were doing there, I asked if I could duplicate some of what they did and bring it back to Texas. So here we are now in San Antonio and we've opened Children Matter Family Life. And basically what we do is we have a visitation center with a twist. It's the easiest way to describe it because basically we host supervised visits, but the parents who come to our visitation center agree to receive parent hands-on training prior to the visit and after the visit. So basically what happens is they come for 15 minutes before the visit. We have a curriculum that we go, uh, active parenting curriculum that we go over with them. We give them some examples of what they could do in the visit to encourage them growth. It's everything from just the basics of why parenting is so important, how to redirect your children and various ways that they could do that with different types of children. And even as basic as family dinner, set the table, sit at the table and have dinner, not just like giving them food and letting them run around type thing. So it's very basic things like even like in the summertime, bring some juice, let's make some popsicles. So the other thing that's really exciting about our visitation centers is they're all in houses. So we have two little houses that we rent. And so the parents have an opportunity to be in a living room setting, a dining room setting. And we also have a kitchen facility so that they can bring warm food. Foster placement homes do not bring supplies at all. They drop it at the door. So the biological parent is responsible for all the supplies that they would need 
for the visit, which is one of the things we document for the court system is yes, they know what supplies their children need that are age appropriate. So uh, after the visit, we go back to the table for 15 minutes and we say, okay, here's what you did well during this visit. Here's what we still need to work on. Here's some things that we would challenge you to do better next time. And because it's a home-like setting, the kids feel really comfortable. The parents feel really comfortable. You, I'm sure you know from your experience, as do the placement families, that if you go to a nine-by-nine office at CPS or you go to just a really blase you know, setting, it's very awkward for the parents and the kids to even try to have a meaningful visit. But when they come to our facility, because they're going into the living room or they're going into the craft room or the nursery, we have a beautiful nursery with four toddlers and nursery age children. Then the kids sometimes kick off their shoes as soon as they get through the door and they say, mom, I'm home because they think that's their biological parents' place. And then the visit is much more uh, relaxed. It feels homey. It gives the biological parent hope. If that biological parent is going to get it together, we're going to give them the tools to do that. But, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. On the flip side, if they're not going to get it together, it's very quickly exposed because uh, it, because they're not bringing supplies, they're not bringing the meal, they're not bringing snacks, and we're having to document all of what we see. We don't add to or take from. We literally just document what we hear and what we see. Mm-hmm. So Atascosa County's judge has, that's the first county we were in. She's let us know that they've doubled their reunification since we've started. And she said she's also been able to move kids into adoptive families more quickly because our documentation is very detailed and provides her the information that she needs to know it as to whether or not that biological parent's going to, going to get it together or not. And ideally we want the child to get into that permanent home as quickly as possible. So At the end of the day, that's what we want to do. (laughs) I am literally crying. Like that is the most beautiful thing I have heard because seriously, at the end of the day, it's about permanency for these kids. And so the sooner we can do that, the less, the less likely they're going to have trauma, the less likely they're going to have, you know, all sorts of issues. And so for the reunification or into a permanent adoptive placement, that is such a beautiful goal that just like permanency more quickly, you know? Absolutely. Yep. Because we document everything that happens in that visit. And that parent is aware of that, even if they're receptive to our parenting training or not, like if they're not receptive to it, we document that so that the the caseworker and the judge can see, yes, they're flowing very well with this program. They clearly are trying to work hard and, and, you know, overcome the challenges. It gives them some accountability too, because they, we provide a visit every week. Mm. So um, a lot of times here in Texas, and I'm sure it's this way, I know it was this way in Georgia too, but there's not enough caseworkers or enough people to oversee visits. So a lot of times they were only getting visits twice a month or once a month, sometimes not even in a month. So, you know, it really uh, hindered the bonding between the parents and the kids and everything. So we, because because of our private donors, and I mean, that's how we make it, because of our private donors, we're able to host a weekly visit. The state of Texas ideally wants that, you know, as well. And because we are there every week, they get to come in every week. So it really gives the kids the, the ability to stay bonded to their biological parent. And it gives that parent the motivation to continue moving forward. What we learned from some of the visits in Georgia was that parents felt like, we were putting them on a, a launch or a launching pad to lose their kids. 
And so in this scenario, what we try to do is show them, yeah, we're for you. And ideally, you know, again, as an adoptive child, it's amazing if you can be with your biological family, no matter how wonderful your adoptive household is, you do, if you're like me and you never met your biological parents, then you wonder constantly, even as an adult, I wonder where I'm from and who my parents are. There's just this wondering. And I, a lot of times try to put myself in the kid's foot, you know, shoes. And Mm -hmm. that is if I'm adopted and I kind of go through some of the things I go through as a stable uh, individual who, who has a relationship with God, who has a great, you know, husband and children and family. But yet sometimes as an adopted child, I still have those wonderings and those thoughts and those times when I'm, you know, have to overcome certain feelings because of that. My thought process automatically goes to, if you're a, if you're a child and you were removed from your home and you do know who your parents are and you don't get to be with them, I can only imagine the level of trauma that that is greater than what myself as an adoptive child goes through. <laughs> Cause I never knew my parents, but most of the kids we deal with in the foster placement system, they did, they lived yeah. with their parents and, you know, unfortunate things happened for their safety. They had to be removed mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the ne- the name of our organization is children matter family life center. The children mm-hmm. come first and we want them to be in a permanent, safe, loving you know, home. That's the goal. I just love the way that you take into consideration the needs of the first family and the needs of the kids as well. Like, I think that it just feels like, and sounds like such a supportive and like, but you letting them know that you're for them. I mean, that is just huge to know that someone is for you on the most difficult journey that you've probably ever had to take in your life. Right. Yeah. And even the, even the parents that it was, you know, they couldn't get it together and they had to terminate. Honestly, we want them to walk away knowing that somebody believes in them and somebody cares for them. So even though their journey as a parent is ended because of termination, that doesn't make them uh, a trash or a horrible person. So ideally we want them and we're happy to provide a home-like setting for their final visit. Mm -hmm. Is that's a difficult visit for, for, for families, you know, for the kids and for the parents. It's difficult for anybody who's there observing that to see that this is the last visit that this parent is going to get to be with this child and vice versa. And so if you can provide it in a warm, loving home, like we do, it just makes it a little softer blow. It makes it a Mm -hmm. little bit easier. And then that parent we have, we still get to have that last 15 minutes with them before they walk away from us forever. So it gives us the opportunity to encourage them and let them know that somebody does believe in them and it's not the end, you know, the all in, they can still in life, turn it around and, you know, they are still a special person that's loved and cared about. That's huge. I love that. I love that. You don't miss any opportunity. You know, those last 15 minutes even are just you know, so important. I'm sure just be encouraged that way. That's amazing. Who Absolutely. are people that do the um, supervision for the visits? Like what are they case workers through you guys or how did that, how does that work? Yeah, there are staff. Yes. So we go through, we do have a training that we take them through. Everybody has had experience, past experience with children. They haven't necessarily had uh, social services at all, but they go through the training and then we go through our curriculum and it's pretty, it's pretty, it's very simple. It's, we give it to them in a, in a handout. 
So the parent can go through it and they can take it away with them. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they just, once they get through the curriculum, they just be, kind of become that, that listening ear and just developing like relationship with them to be able to encourage them. So we, it's, it's people who have a heart for family and a lot, we have a couple of teachers, like, you know, they join us during the summer, just some other like people that were in childcare industry work with children. They are good supervisor, you know, coaches, because they're able to help the parents sometimes with how to redirect in a loving way, mm -hmm. you know, and how to, you know, uh, give them suggestions. It's been beautiful. So, so a couple of really cool things is we had this one situation where a parent came in and said, you know, because it feels so much like home. So for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, she wanted to bring a dinner, like Thanksgiving dinner. And the visits are typically around a meal or snack. So again, we can see, we can help them with like, Hey, don't just bring French fries and chicken nuggets every time, like bring something healthier, you know, like try to help them with some of those menus and stuff. Well, we thought she was just going to bring like some plates with foil over them, but no, she was like, well, we have a dining room and a kitchen. She got there early, brought the whole turkey, brought the whole pies brought the entire Thanksgiving, like we were all in shock because mm -hmm. it was so precious how this mother wanted to have, and the kids came in and were thrilled to sit down at the table and have dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. We have Christmas trees and we don't decorate them fully, put like lights on them. So that way the parents can bring decorations and they can decorate the Christmas tree together. And plus it gives them the place to open their presents on the, on the week they come for visit, they get to open their presents around the Christmas tree. And, um, the first year we just put up Christmas trees. We didn't really have any decorations and we didn't really have any ideas, but we wanted to put a tree up. And then one of the moms, one of the biological moms came and she brought the ornaments and she said, I noticed y'all didn't have ornaments. So we're going to put ornaments on our visit. Now it's become like a, a yearly thing. Like some of the different biological moms bring the ornaments and they and their kids start decorating the tree and everybody just kind of adds to it. And so it gives them the opportunity. It shows how some of these biological moms just with some hope can really come up with things that we didn't think they could. Even things like we had one mom come and she was like, got permission from her caseworker to invite some of her family members. And because it's a house-like setting again, she ordered pizza and she did a birthday party and she got there early and decorated everything so that it looked like a birthday party. And then the pizza man delivered the pizza during their visit. And they just had this amazing birthday party. Some of the moms do that for Easter. They come early and they hide their Easter eggs in the living room or outside because we have a playground out back. So they've come and they've gotten there early so they could literally decorate Ugh. for their Easter hunt. So they really have embraced this time with their kids. And it's mm -hmm. not just like, we're so bored. We have no toys. We have no chairs. We're barely here in this, you know, place. It's hand-me-down everything. They come yeah. and they feel like it's home. And again, the younger children don't really know it's not their parents' house. Oh my gosh. They really think it's their parents' home. That is such a blessing. I am so mm -hmm. thankful that you've just taken this opportunity to share this with us. Hey, Foster Mama. As you probably know, there are some caseworkers who are amazing at providing emotional support. And some are just not. Now, even if you're blessed with an amazing caseworker, they're not likely gonna be able to support you emotionally as often as you need them to. 
That's why it's hugely important to learn the skills necessary to process through your emotions on your foster care journey, and that's exactly what I'm here to help with. My live class, Solutions for Foster Care Stress, is happening January 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss out on this chance to learn the skills you need to lighten the emotional burden of foster care. You can sign up and save your spot today at fearlessfostering.com. I want people to be able to connect with with you and with this beautiful ministry online. So where can they find more information? They can find information at our website. And I I always say it wrong. So <laughs> give me, okay, so it's childrenmattertx.org. Okay, perfect. So we'll make sure we link that up too for people to find. Childrenmattertx.org. Yeah, and it's our website and there's just, you know, all kinds of information there. Email addresses are there. So if somebody wanted to, you know, reach out to us via email or phone, we'd love to chat with them. We actually got to do a continuing education for the Texas Bar Association this year. We were very excited to have all of the, a lot of the family practice uh, attorneys and attorneys for CPS and everybody involved. And, and it was really beautiful to listen to them and hear their questions. And they were across the board saying, we need this in every county. Mm-hmm. So ideally we'd, we'd love to, you know, be able to grow and um, move into more counties. We, we would love that. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be amazing for sure. I'm hoping like it comes to Connecticut someday where I am, but we'll see. We'll start in uh, Texas. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And it's, you know, it's easy. If anybody had it on their heart to start this, we would be more than happy to guide someone through the process. We really would because we just, our heart is to help families. And um, it's it's just, it's a ministry for us. It really is. Well, you are such a blessing, Cynthia. Thank you so much for taking the time out. My pleasure. All right. Thank you, thank you so much for having us on the show. <laughs>